exciting to be with you all here today. Um, yeah, I mean, it was quite a topping that Mira gave me. I sort of looked at it and I thought, hmm. So I got the easy one, did I? Yeah. The, uh, the trust in media and the reputation and, and everything. Um, but I sort of thought maybe the best way to approach this, what I wanted to do, was to share with you the kind of conversations we have in the newsroom around these topics all the time, you know. Um, it being such a, a big um, thing for us right now. Um, I mean, you do hear a lot about how the media is in crisis right now, and all the problems that we're having. But actually, I mean, I sort of see it as a little bit of, you know, the best of times and the worst of times, you know. And I think that, you know, we are sitting here at the best of times when it comes to the journalism and possibly the worst of times when it comes to any business models or any, you know, um, obviously fake news hurt us oh, quite a bit. And, and, you know, but I do think that we're climbing out of that. And I think it's an incredibly exciting time to be um, a journalist. But we have a lot of issues to sort of tackle. And when we talk about a reputation, um, I mean, maybe before I sort of stop, how, do any of you sort of use CNN regularly? Are you familiar with our website? Yeah? I, I mean, we are sort of, I mean, obviously we are, our, our home base is in America. That's where our home market is. But um, CNN Digital International, it has been expanding rapidly um, around the globe. And I think that we're seen very much as this sort of second big source. So people have their local sources. And then they will come to CNN for that sort of global view of what's happening in the world. And, and that's very much where we sort of position ourselves, to be honest, So, and where we want to be. We don't want to be competing with the local markets. We want to be you know, seen as, as the, the global player. And obviously, our um, access and understanding of America as one of the most important countries in the world is, is helpful in that regard. But I mean, we are experiencing the same thing as everyone else, the sort of polarization of the media, the proliferation of the media and the news organizations is another issue for us. Um, and how you know, everyone wants to position you somewhere. It's like, where are you going to position CNN? Or where are you going to position any of your organizations? Um, and I, I think that that hasn't helped in terms of, you know, that so if you are a right-wing conservative, you won't look at CNN because it just doesn't fit in with your you know, view. I think that's a, a, an issue for us, especially for organizations like us who don't see ourselves as on the left or the right. You know, we see ourselves as somebody who, who deals with things straight down the middle. And uh, I mean, I was asked at a conference the other day saying, how do you feel about, you know, you talk about sort of, you know, that we want to tell the truth. How do you feel about that kind of activism journalism? And I was like, telling the truth is now activism journalism? Is that where we are? I found that quite surprising, and I was actually quite sort of stunned by that. Um, so you know, I think, I, I, and I think that was <laughs> quite visible at the time. But I do think that that's where we are: is that you know, um, CNN has been positioned in a way that as being anti-Trump because we're very pro-truth and pro, you know, we're, we're anti-bias and we're sort of pro-fact-checking, and that has somehow, um, you know, CNN in many quarters has been positioned as this sort of anti-Trump for that reason. We're not. We're not anti-Trump. That's not where we stand. You know, we are. We want to be calling people out, him, just as we, we try to call everyone else out. And I think that that sort of polarization in the media, that you're either one or the other, is a very um, sort of challenging position for us as journalists sort of going forward. Um, and I also sort of, you know, I question that that word truth as well. I mean, what, what does that actually mean? Is is there, you know, what is what is that right thing? Um, and we have a lot of conversations in the newsroom around false equivalences and where that sort of um, positions us. And you might have heard one of our 
Well, uh, uh, better known actors, uh, Christian Amelford, talk a lot about that, about saying, you know, some things are just not right, and you call them out as that. That doesn't mean that you're in any activism journalism or anything, it's just that you're calling it what it is. Um, so I think that's a sort of an important thing for a reputation of an organization, that it's, that it's seen for what it is. And, you know, some people like, I mean, there are others on the that are on the other side of the spectrum, more happily on the side of the spectrum. I think the UK press is very interesting. You know, you in, in general elections here, we have, you know, the papers calling it for any party. I don't personally have a problem with that. You know where these papers stand, and it's okay. You know, their reputation doesn't get damaged by that. That's just their editorial stand. You know, I think where the problem comes is when you don't have that, and you are sort of forced into that, or the public perception, or as in our case, the President of the United States is, is putting us in a, in a bucket where he wants us to be. So um, we have sort of fought very hard against that and, and still believe that that is not um, you know, the right thing to do. Um, and so that brings me to the sort of issue of trust and where we stand on, on trust. Um, I mean, I wish I had a, like a silver bullet to this one, but my answer to this question is always like, well, let's just do good journalism. That's ultimately what's going to give us the, the trust. There is a lot of bad journalism out there. Badly resourced stories, you know, half-researched stories, you know, things that don't add up and you're kind of guessing in between. I mean, I spoke to a, a European newsroom the other day where I, I was told, well, we just kind of figured that that would lead to this. And I'm like, but you had no evidence. And they were like, no, but it's kind of obvious, isn't it? And I'm like, not if you don't have the research or the evidence, you know. So there's a lot of bad journalism around, and we need to recognize that as an industry. We can't just sit there and say it's all about fake news and some you know, kids in Macedonia. There is also you know, an issue within our industry around that. Um, we, sort of, I mean, we have an incredible stringent process at CNN. And I mean, I spent 15 years at the BBC, and even there they didn't come close to the kind of processes that we put into our stories at CNN. Um, first of all, we don't use uh, agencies. Every story that's on CNN will have been verified by a CNN journalist from first source. Um, so we don't, um, yeah, we don't, we don't basically take the sort of the two agency rule that many other companies have. We don't have any of that. It has to be first time coming to us. If not, we will make it very clear in the story that we're quoting a certain publication or a certain wire agency or whatever. But most of the time, we just go for it um, ourselves. It means that we're sometimes a little bit slower, but we do believe that you know having a first-hand source is hugely important in today's world. Um, so is transparency around it. So um, we are we have a lot of con conversation in the newsroom around bylines. I know there are a lot of companies that don't do bylines. They are extremely important to me because they are our connection to the um, the audience. You know the audience has the right to know that a journalist of some sort that they can look at research this and the credentials of this journalist. So we would only um, think about no bylines in cases of you know, the safety of the journalist, the safety of the family of the journalist, you know, or the safety of the sources. You know. so, and those are conversations that would be had at the absolute highest level of the, the organization. Um, we then have a process that is strangely called the triad. Um, it's not a criminal gang in Hong Kong. It is, um, the triad was formed, and it basically is what we call the, the facts, the standards, and the legal. That's the holy trinity that we have. So we will put our stories through first fact checking to say, is everything that is in here 
stand up? Is it right? And and I mean, these people are exceptionally good at their job. They make you question that the sky is blue. You know, they will absolutely check everything that you're doing, um, which is hugely helpful for us as journalists because I think that we often can go down the route of, of sort of you know. Um, in the interest of, of getting our stories out, we might have, have um, missed a point or two, and, and they help us get to that point very well. And, and sometimes there's like 400 emails later, and you're still dealing with it, but the story gets better. Um, and then we have the standards, which is the should CNN be doing these stories? Are we right to be doing these stories? And we have those conversations too. There are certain stories that we might not need to do, there are certain things that are in there that we might not have to do. Um, and I think that that's um, another sort of important conversation for newsrooms to be having around trust, you know. And sometimes it's like city stories. I mean, should we be doing a stories about a, a crocodile walking over the road? Is that what we stand for? Is that our brand? And probably not. <coughs> and then we try not to do those. Sometimes it's about do we show the, you know, the picture of a dead child? You know, is that what we, you know, is that necessary for the stories? And what does that do for our audiences? And you know. And, it, and then it can be, you know, as far as, you know, we are about to accuse a national leader of something, you know, um, criminal, it's our, how solid are we on this? And then obviously you will all know what the legal people do when they um, tell us that we're on, on dangerous ground. So I think that, you know, if you have the transparency, if you have the, the rigorous editorial process, trust will come with that. People will try to trust, start to trust you. I think another really important subject and something that is incredibly close to my heart is the makeup of newsrooms. I think if we have homogenous newsrooms where you don't have um, split in gender, split in ethnicity, you will get similar kind of stories. And that does affect your brand and it does affect the trust of how can you really be telling stories if you have no deep knowledge of it from inside the organisation. I mean, I'm sure you've all read about the issue that the Grenfell Tower caused in the UK media. The same can go for the global media. If we can't access a network of people who deeply and truly understand the stories that we're dealing with, be it you know, anywhere in the world, I do think that that affects trust, people's trust in what we're doing. Um, so you know, obviously, CNN is, is fortunate and has a global network that we can tap into when we need to. But it's in each newsroom, especially in the headquarters, to really think about who are the people sitting at the table when you're making these decisions? If they are all of the same gender or say all of the same ethnicity, chances are you're not going to make the best decision around any story, any commission, or anything else. And I do think that that is a, is a really big issue around trust these days. And also, it's just a, an issue, I think, for us as journalists to be telling the right stories in the right way. Um, so I think that's um, sometimes an element that is forgotten when we think about, um, when we think about trust. Um, the, the keeping watch bit gave me a bit of a, a food for thought. I thought, hmm, we can go and talk about accountability, and we all know that. I mean, I know that you're all incredibly experienced journalists, and that's what we do. Um, but then I actually started thinking, I don't know, um, I, I listened to Andrew Marr, who's one of the BBC's presenters, um, and he said at the beginning of one of his shows, he said, this is what it feels like to live through history. And it's been really on my mind, because I sat there and I'm like, Wow, that's quite a statement, but it's probably right. If, you, if we look at what is happening in the world, everywhere, the rise in inequality, the fight for the, the civil rights and the erosion of civil rights, you know, Brexit, Trump, you know, and the, the populism and the polarization of the world, we sort of sit there and think, 
probably a hundred years from now, people will look back at this time as like, this is when things change. This is the moment that we, and you might not feel it when you're here, and you sit there and you think, all of us who work in journalism right now are sitting here in the first draft of history, and it matters what we do. So keeping watch matters now more than ever for that reason. Um, and I think that sometimes we don't take the step back enough to think about that and think about how important that is as a, as a kind of an aspect of what we're doing. Um, so that's my kind of point about it being the best time to be in journalism and, and, and what it really means. And therefore, the selection of stories, and I know that you you're all um, have commissioned or something, commissioned stories or done stories, which stories we do really matter? If you don't diversify your stories, if we're just constantly doing politics, you know, and we're, you know, just chasing after stories and we're not breaking them, we're not getting the scoops, we're not putting our, our brand out there, and we're not using, and, and in our case, the CNN brand to really get access to things that matter, then we're not doing our jobs. And I think that um, that is something that we uh, speak about a lot in the newsroom, is like, are we, reacting to the stories or are we you know progressing the stories are we advancing the stories are we taking it further are we giving a little bit more information each time and not just sort of saying oh here's a press conference that Theresa may gave here you are do with it as you please you know or are we really taking it putting it into the context that it needs to be really trying to make people understand to the best of our knowledge and our ability as to why did that happen why it matters why it, it's important to you um, I mean, I remember a, a story that I did um, at BBC once where they were talking about the deficit at the time, and it was like three trillion pounds or something. I mean, some astronomical number, um, you know. And I remember sitting at the editorial meetings, and they were all sounding incredibly smart, and I was quite new. Um, and I said to them, I said, I don't see what it's got anything to do with me. I don't have three trillion. I'm not going to pay this. So why, am I, why, why do I care? And they gave this lofty explanation about, well, it would be taxation, and I'm like, well, why didn't you do that then? If you're saying, I'm going to take 100 pounds of you every month, then I'm going to start listening, because I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. This isn't just some crazy figure out there that has nothing to do with me and somebody else has to solve. And I think that's the same thing that we're seeing now in the Me Too movement, in the, in the growing inequality gap, in the erosion of civil rights, is that if we always think that if we do it from this sort of lofty, high you know, 30,000 feet and we don't get into it, then I think that that's us not keeping watch. That's just us watching, you know. It's us not doing necessarily the, the job that we should be doing. And so it's kind of seen as our job to, you know, keep reporting and keep putting ourselves out there. Um, but I think that we have the, the second sort of point to that was like, it's easy to keep watch if you're doing, if everything is going well and you live in a good democracy and you have access and people are willing to speak to you. Unfortunately, that's not always the case, you know, and actually is, is even getting probably a little bit worse. So, you know, I also see it as our duty to keep a watch on our own industry, you know, um, fight the battles of press freedom when we can. If we live in a country where we can fight those, those battles, Let's do it on behalf of those that come, you know. And I feel, feel very strongly about that when you look at people who are um, sitting in countries where they can't report freely. Then, for a global organisation like ours, it's our job to make sure that the news from these areas go out. You know, that's what we can do, and that's what we should do. And that's also keeping watch. It's keeping watch on the industry. It's it's taking your responsibility as a global player like CNN is, you know, seriously. 
and, and understanding um, how complex and difficult it can often be for um, people in those countries. I, I mean, I can't tell you how often we are in the situation where people give us incredibly good story and say, I can't have my name anywhere near it. You know, that's a very d terrifying indictment on the world that we're in now. When somebody does a good job, uncovers something really important, but then can't put it out there. Um, so I think that the erosion of press freedom is also something that we as journalists need to um, take very seriously and, and it's something that I think has been happening um, at a pace that is alarming. Um, so doing all that, all those things, um, is incredibly expensive. You know, I know those of you who have run big uh, projects or big investigations will know how much money goes into it, time, resources, the staffing, the digging, you know, not to mention if you have to go do any undercover work on it or anything. So all of this is expensive and you know, and it's putting a lot of pressure on a lot of news organizations and the financing of organizations. I know that you probably all uh, are sort of aware of, of those issues. Um, and I mean, CNN is still open to everyone. We have no uh, block on our uh, journalism. We put it out there uh, sort of free at the point of use. Um, you know, we, we obviously have discussions like everyone else about what opportunities might there be around, um, you know, any kind of payment models going forward. But you, you kind of, I'm not really worried at the moment, to be honest, about access. I know there's a lot of talk about how much access people have to good news. I think there's a lot of good news out there, you know, and a lot of good news that is free. There aren't many hard paywalls, you know, you can get access to good stories if you want to, you know. I am delighted that CNN is free at the point of use. I think that's you know great. I mean, obviously, with my 15 years in public service broadcasting, I would, I would you know, that that DNA is still in me, and I do believe that um, you know for the strengthening of democracy, it is hugely important that big names have access, um, free access to good news. Um, but I, I recognise the need for others to be thinking about the subscriptions or what seems to be more popular now around the membership models and, and what that could potentially bring and, and how that is bringing hopefully sort of um, more uh, audience participation in the journalism and audience help where we're not reliant on philanthropy or big organizations to fund it or anything that could jeopardize the freedom of the journalism that we're doing. But, you know, as I said, speaking from a, a, a privilege of uh, CNN that is still a very commercially uh, viable and successful product, um, we still recognize that the only reason we are is because we put a lot of effort into our journalism. We put a lot of effort into what we do. We try to break stories very quickly when we have them. We try to go after stories that that's in our DNA to go after big breaking news and, and, and really um, hit them hard, but we're increasingly going down the route of more enterprise journalism, more journalism where we explain the world, where it's the, the why, not the what, you know, which I think is um, not just because we think it's important, but it, because that's the demand from um, the sort of wider world, I think. Um, and that's why I'm not sort of very concerned about the paywalls. What I am worried about, though, is this proliferation of news. I think there is so much news out there. There's so much noise on the internet that finding the right thing is becoming such a challenge. You know, um, so you so people are either gravitating towards the big uh, companies like CNN or BBC or any any name recognition that they have, 
to sort of think, oh, well, I can trust these people. And I mean, on the whole, you can. You know, I mean, obviously, everyone makes mistakes every now and then, but on the whole, you can trust what these people, um, what those sort of um, good, solid news organizations are putting out. But it was interesting to me, I went to um, uh, a philosopher who was giving a talk who said, there was a time when the access to information was limited by either burning of books or taking them away, so you couldn't actually access the information directly. And that was the way of controlling the public. And then he showed a picture of a library that was just chaotic. You couldn't find anything. Books everywhere. He said, how is that better? How are you going to find the information that you need in an environment where you literally don't know where to look anymore? You know? And what is that? Is that the brand recognition? I mean, when you do a Google search, how can you trust it? Um, and so I think that that sort of proliferation of content is um, sort of just as problematic as the lack of access. Um, to news. So um, I guess well, what I sort of talk to my team about is like it's not the quantity anymore, it has to be about the quality. It has to be about, you know, if we're going to keep our reputation, if we're going to maintain the trust and we're going to go forward as a, as, a, as a solid news organization, it has to be about people finding what they need pretty easily and then cutting through the, the noise on the internet. Um, and that's no, um, no mean feat, um, I can tell you. So, um, you know, so I'll just end on saying that, you know, I think there are definitely challenges out there, but my God is it a challenge that we should relish and enjoy. And, and I know that I go into my newsroom every day incredibly invigorated to do that, and I feel blessed to work for an organization that is, is willing to take on some of the harder issues. Um, so I mean, my sort of three things that I uh, is my sort of guiding light on those on your three things is like, let's just do good journalism, let's stay transparent, and by God, if you have the opportunity, diversify your newsrooms. That's where I would like to end. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much.